1: blessed new year. I can't believe it's 2020 already. What a great opportunity God has given us to close 2019 strong for the work of the kingdom. I am so glad that God has moved so many of you to participate. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support, for your encouragement, and for your prayers.
0: Welcome to Leading the Way with pastor and international Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. If you're unfamiliar with Dr. Yusuf or leading the way, you can learn more at ltw.org. Today is the beginning of a new year, so appropriately, Dr. Yusuf takes you to the Apostle Paul's challenge to embrace the future God has for you. It's a message he's called Spiritual Reset. Let's listen as Dr. Yusuf begins.
1: Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, and I want to look at verses 13, and 14. I'm going to translate it like a homespun translation. It's a, I always tell you it's a use of translation, so I promise you it is accurate. <laughs> Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying, and I'm going to put it in context in a minute. Brethren, I count not myself to have made it. I haven't made it yet. <laughs> I haven't reached it yet. But one thing that I do is obviously the one thing that occupies his mind, the one thing that is constantly impacting every aspect of his life. The one thing I do is I forget those things that are in my past, and I strain forward, I mean strenuously, hard, I strain forward to the future. I press hard toward the goal or the finishing line, the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Listen carefully. Here's what he's saying. Rather than dwelling in the past, whether it is failure or success, makes no difference, by all means, learn from the past and don't live in it. By all means, let the past propel you forward, not pull you back. By all means, glean lessons from the past, but don't bask in it. In fact, the Apostle Paul's lesson to all of us, and your pastor is included, forgetting or letting go of the past and striving forward with every energy, with every ounce of energy that I have toward the future should not be one of many things that we do, but should be the one thing that impacts everything that we do. An old-time preacher used to say, the Apostle Paul said, one thing I do. The average Christian today says, there are 20 things I dabble in. I couldn't agree more. Why is that the one thing for the Apostle Paul that he focuses on, that he allows it to be the driving force for all his decisions, for all his lifestyle? Why is that the one thing that he pushes for? Now, think with me, okay? I'm going to explain to you why. Because I know you agree, did the Apostle Paul single-handedly accomplish more for the work of God, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, than anybody else? Including the twelve disciples who walked and lived with Jesus for three years. Right? He did. Keep thinking with me, okay? I'm getting somewhere. If Paul was like many of us, who tends to live in the past... If he allowed his past sins to haunt him, if he allowed his past blaspheming of the name of Jesus to weigh him down, if he constantly lived with the past guilt of persecuting Christians to be heavy on his heart, if he continuously allowed that vision in his mind, which was very visual to him, of standing there holding the clothes of Stephen, the very first Christian martyr, and he was there literally participating. He was there watching his last stone that came and hit him and then ended his life. Just think about this. If he allowed that vision to continue in his life, he would be living in nightmares day in and day out. He would have been totally paralyzed from doing anything that's worthwhile. He would have been prevented from doing what he did in the power of God. And that has impacted the whole world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, not only in his day, but even to this day. But he also knew that the forgetfulness of the past, or letting go of the past, or moving forward from the past, or letting the sin of the past go by, or being cleansed from the horrors of the past, whatever they may be. He knew that this only can take place because of God's forgiveness. Beloved, please listen to me. (laughs) When sin or sins are confessed, when sin or sins are repented of, when sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, it must be forgotten. You say, how can I erase it from my memory? I'm going to show you. <laughs> I want to show you how it works. Every time you are reminded of your past sins, of which you confessed and repented of, you immediately remind yourself that you are forgiven, that those sins are forgotten by God. By the way, it is not enough to just let go of the past, because that could be a very dangerous place. But your mind, your heart, your memory, your spirit must be refilled in those empty places that have been forgotten and forgiven. How? By continuously filling your mouth with praise and the promises of God. By continuously feeding your mind on the promises of God of forgiveness and renewal. By continuously allowing your thoughts to dwell on the love of God. By continuously allowing your thoughts to dwell on the grace of God and the mercy of God. Let me repeat, it is not enough to just try to forget the past, but you strain forward. And you see that in the formula, he says, that's what he was doing. He said, not only I let go of the past, but I strain forward. With every ounce of energy, I strain forward toward the future. And I believe the image here that the Apostle Paul gives us is the image of a marathon runner. He lived in all the Greek culture, and they were everywhere, in Corinth, in Athens, everywhere he went. Marathon running was a big deal, and I think that's the image that he has in his mind here. Because a serious marathon runner cannot afford one second delay, because a one second delay can mean the difference between winning and losing. And so the runner does not waste one second of time looking to the right or looking to the left. He may glance you see how far he is from the, his opponent. He cannot afford a second of delay looking at the sky, admiring the blue sky. He can't afford that. He has to keep his where on the finishing line. He keeps his thoughts on that coming trophy. He keeps his attention squarely on that finishing line. Now, I believe the Apostle Paul has a very clear objective here, and it's to all of us, including your pastor, how to face an uncertain future. I believe that was all that. That's the intention of that verse here. And I think most people, in their honest moment, when they really kind of come clean with God, most people are apprehensive about the future. Different things plague different people. In fact, that is why they look back and they stay back. Because they are apprehensive about the future. The truth is this: listen carefully. Most people are anxious about something in the future, whether it be about their children and children's future, whether it be about the economy of how it's going to fare next year, or or the jobs, uh, whether they still have a job, or health, whether the uh, financial security. And the list goes on and on and on. And I want you to hear me right, because uncertainty about the future plagues a lot of people. It really does. But listen to me. For the child of God who has placed his or her complete trust in Jesus Christ need not be afraid of the future. And one of the reasons and one of the keys to do that is to let go of the past. There is nothing that will happen to you which is not already foreseen by your heavenly Father. God sees the future as a present reality. And God said, I knew you before you were formed in the womb. He knows you when you were a little baby. He knows you when He knows what happens before it happens. So question, how do you face uncertain future? By trusting that the same God, the same Heavenly Father, who protected you in the past with all of its grief and pain and joy, the one who took care of you of the past, he is going to take care of the present and the future. Amen? And that is why Paul said, I press forward. I strain mightily forward. I strenuously, I'm, I'm putting every energy in this. Doing what? Keeping his eyes on the end of the race. If you train yourself to keep your thoughts on the finishing line, those of you who hear me long enough to know, is what I call the audience of one. Every one of us going to have that audience of one. Keep your eyes on the finishing line. Keep your eyes on that audience of one. And when you keep your eye on this finishing line, when you keep your eye on the prize, you're not going to waste your time as you're running on the trash that you see along the road. But think, Paul said, all of the great honors that he had accomplished and achieved, he calls them trash. Actually, worse than that, but <laughs> he's not going to focus on the trash, no matter how valuable for, in the eyes of the world it may be. You are not going to stop to entertain the spectators. So I talk to them. How are you? Hey, how am I how I'm doing? Yeah. And give praise from the crowd. No, 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 no. Let them go. <laughs> you are not going to look up and become a stargazer. No. When you are pressing strenuously toward the goal, you're not going to waste your time on trivia. You're not going to waste your time on things that are passing. You're not going to waste your time on losses of things. They're things. You're not going to waste your time on your critics. They will always be there. You're not going to waste your time on your detractors. They will always be there or those who hate you for whatever their reason may be. Paul said, no, I refuse to do this, but the one thing I do, I keep pressing to the finishing line. I keep pressing to the finishing line. Someone said, if you aim at nothing, you will most surely hit it. I couldn't agree more. Beloved, your finish line, my finish line, is that audience of one I'm telling you about on that final day. Therefore, don't look at the past. It's already been forgiven. It's under the blood of Jesus. It's like Corrie ten Boom used to say, Jesus has thrown your sins into the deepest sea, and you better not go fishing for them. (laughs) Don't look to the sideline. Put blinders on. Refuse to look back Because if you do, you're going to stumble. Most certainly you're going to stumble, and you're going to fall. In Luke chapter 9, verse 61, the Lord Jesus tells something that is really very similar to what Paul is saying here. And you say, well, where did Paul get his idea? He got it from Jesus. Remember, he spent years trying to learn what did Jesus say. He probably debriefed the writers of the Gospels before they wrote the stuff down. He was anxious to know everything that Jesus said or did. And he was listening to James. He was listening to the other apostles' disciples. Paul learned this stuff from Jesus. And so Luke said that Jesus told three men to follow him. I'm not going to focus on all of them, just one. <laughs> follow me. But this man said, oh yeah, I will follow you, but let me go first home and say goodbye to my family. Reasonable request, don't you think? You agree? Yeah, it's a reasonable request. But Jesus, who knew all things, Jesus, who knew all hearts, Jesus, who knew all motives, said to him, No! No one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God, is fit for the service of God. Oh, isn't that a bit harsh? Yeah, our political correct society Jesus is very harsh. Really? (laughs) No. See, the plough is pulled by a strong and wild ox. If you are not holding that thing with every ounce of your attention and energy, you know, you're gonna really be dead meat. <laughs> you take your eye off that ox, and he could literally crush you. Controlling and managing of that ox that is pulling the plough should be a total forward looking, and complete concentration. Listen to me, please. Our Lord knew that this particular man is prone to look back and stay back. Our Lord knew that this particular man, if he had not moved swiftly, he will never succeed. Beloved, listen, I know and you know that many of us want to go back to the past, whatever the past may be. And Jesus is saying what Paul is teaching us today, namely, please, 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 whatever you do, strain forward. Can I get an amen? Amen. Please, whatever you do, don't look back. Don't go back. Don't waste your time on the past. Whatever it is it's, a, it's a regard to fail, past failures or past successes or past wrong judgments or past wrong decisions that you have made or past wrong choices or past wrong action, strain forward, strive forward. And the Bible gives us many examples of those who have looked back and stayed back. Demas was a companion of the Apostle Paul. But he went back, and Paul said he loved the present age. John Mark, though later on, accomplished great things, but in the early days of his ministry, he went with Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey, but he got cold feet, he got homesick, and he said, I want to go home. And Paul said, you go home, you ain't going to be with me again. <laughs> I wonder how many of us today, and it's between you and God, had you caught In what I call the retrospective glance. Only you know. Only you know. When the great apostle Paul said, forgetting what lays behind, it means forgetting everything. Everything in the past that is evil, everything that is questionable, everything that is improper, everything that is sinful, everything that is hurtful, everything that he's ever done in his hall of life that is displeasing to the Lord. Everything. But not only that. He also talks about every achievements in the past. Are you with me? Say Amen. Because some people who said, "Ah, oh, look what I did back then," and they stay there. They stay there, and don't strain forward. Sometimes, my beloved friends, past successes can hamper us just as much as past failures. Please, I want you to hear me out in this one. Whatever your past, you must deliberately and definitively bring it and throw it in the deeper sea, for that's exactly what God did with them. But there's more. There's more. In fact, there's a whole lot more I want to say on the subject, but I've got a limited time. You need to be willing to burn past bridges. These bridges that are constantly beckoning you to come back to the old territories that you have walked away from a long time ago. Or maybe just a short time ago. Burn the bridges. Say it with me. One of the most encouraging stories that ministers to me from the Scripture is what the prophet Elisha did. Elisha is different from Elijah, and a lot of people confuse the two. Elisha. Can you say that with me? Elisha. Elisha was called by his predecessor, the prophet Elijah. He called of God to come and succeed him in a prophetic call. Elisha was a farmer. He was farming a small piece of land when the prophet Elijah called him to follow him. And then Elijah, if you remember, he was propelled into heaven. He did not die. 1919, 1 Kings. When Elisha, heeded the call of God in his life. He did something amazing, something amazing. In order to burn all of his bridges to the past, in order to avoid being pulled back to the old life, he held a big barbecue, big party, big barbecue, invited his neighbors and his friends, and anybody would come at this barbecue. And he barbecued the ox that he was using in his farm. And you say, where did the fire come from? The fire came from the wooden implements that hung on the ox and pulled the plow. He put that and the fire and got a barbecue going. Everything that held him to the past, gone. Burned, consumed. The bridges, all bridges of the past were gone. I believe with all my heart, this is what the Lord Jesus had in mind here when he said to this man... No one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the service of God. I want to ask you some questions and I want you to answer me aloud. Do you want to do great things for the Lord in the coming year? Do you want to be used of God mightily, in a mighty way, somehow in the coming year? Do you want to live in victory? Do you want to be set free from whatever the past may be? Yes. Begin by burning your past bridges. All the bridges that keep taking you back to the old territories that are unpleasing to the Lord. Burn them today. Literally. Literally. Elisha not only was willing to accept the call of God, but he burned the bridges That connected him to the past life. And you know what? God performed almost as twice as many miracles through Elisha that he did through Elijah. My beloved, if it is gold that is keeping you from straining forward toward God's goal for your life, cut the golden chain. If it's a sense of reputation that is holding you back, become a nobody for Christ's sake. If it is pride of your own wisdom, you must be willing to become a fool for Jesus. If it is a devotion to pleasure, then you must be willing to sacrifice it and keep on sacrificing it to Christ. If it is an unwholesome relationship that does not belong in your life, then you must be firmly, decisively walk away from that relationship. Whatever bridges that are holding you back and constantly beckoning you to come back, burn them today.
0: You're listening to Leading the Way with an encouragement from Dr. Michael Yusuf to cut any chains holding you back and experience spiritual reset. If you are challenged by this message, encourage someone you love to listen, either on the radio, online, through the Leading the Way app, or with their smart home technology. Learn more about all of these at ltw.org. To learn more about the growth opportunities being explored by Leading the Way and experience lives changed, we'd love you to subscribe to Dr Yusuf's monthly magazine, My Journal. In it you'll find personal and challenging words from Dr. Yusuf, along with content about how the gospel is making a difference at home and around the world. Get a copy delivered to your mailbox each month by subscribing today. A ministry representative can help you on 1-300-133-589. Once again, 1-300-133-589, or even easier, head online at ltw.org. ltw.org. All right, to Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales 2751. Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales 2751. Hello, my
1: friends. Just a quick reminder that in addition to listening to this radio broadcast, Leading the Way also produces compelling television programs seen in this area. Just like we do on radio, we dig deep into the truth of the Word of God and unfold it to make it practical for daily living. If you've been encouraged by listening today, check your local television listing and watch Leading the Way television. Find out where to watch in your area
0: when you visit ltw.org. This program is provided by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Connect through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and all of our social media networks. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.